I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ozymandias Project. Trireme Transit, the newest and most reliable state-of-the-art time-traveling transportation service, is now boarding for all new and returning passengers. Now departing, present ponderings. Next stop is Ancient Odyssey. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of the podcast. I want to quickly thank all of you for sticking with me through the first couple months and five episodes of this fun experiment in podcasting. So, to start off the new year, I wanted to reward you all with a very special bonus episode featuring none other than Gray Delisle Griffin, a prolific voice actress and the voice of 80% of your childhood if you were born in the 90s. I was so excited to connect with Gray and overjoyed that she was able to do the podcast. While she's not an ancient study scholar, we talked about stories she heard growing up, more contemporary mythology, and yes, dished a little on politics. Um, this episode is a little more all over the place, probably than usual, as a result of my excitement and nervousness, and also as a result of me recording the episode at one in the morning when my ADHD brain is not always my friend. Uh, chatting with Grey was such a fun experience, and I really hope that all of the Avatar The Last Airbender fans really enjoy Azula's poetry reading. Take care. Uh, I hope everyone is staying safe during this pandemic winter, and I will speak to you all next time. Okay, so first of all, I just really wanted to say I'm so I was so excited that you were able to come do the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm um, so happy to be here. This is great. Just first is the yes. first one. First. No, uh well first. you're you're not just the pretend, first but i'm like like you know someone you want to impress that you're doing it with and just be like you're the first technically you get to be the first bonus episode that oh, like okay. i show people when they're like do you actually like talk to anyone who's like fun and like <laughs> actually like amazing or interesting or do you just talk to like boring stuffy people no and i'm like pressure i got to be your your one fun episode okay i'll try to do that Oh, no, it's totally fine. It's okay. You're naturally fun. Um, but yeah, so I want to just jump right in and ask yeah, you then. Um, so obviously you're not like from some of the more super academic background people that I've spoken to, which is great not because this is perfect because this is going to help me connect the more contemporary mythology, contemporary storytelling and media aspect to kind of like the ancient stuff, which will kind of blend nicely. Um, and I'm really going to use this to really just sort of um, get like a more modern audience to come and sort of relate to all this stuff. So 
I just really want to start by asking, like, did you have any favorite childhood stories that you grew up with, whether they were like mythological or fairy tales or just like something, anything? My grandma told all kinds, my grandma's Mexican and she told all kinds of crazy stories about like, I thought it was just my grandma making up because she said it was like in her town or whatever, but there's a, a Mexican myth called La Llorona about this lady that, you know, um, well, in my grandma's, I'm not sure if my grandma's is like, well, I mean, then I had an Irish grandma who talked about the band She, and they were very similar, <laughs> just like a scary lady. <laughs> and like La, La, La Llorona was going to get us and like the band She was going to get us on the other side of the family. So I was always scared of like weird old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, la, my grandma told the story, and I'm not sure if it's like a mixture between my grandma's memory and myth, but that there was this lady in her town that was really beautiful that was having an affair with this young guy, and um, and I think she like got pregnant and then tried to get rid of it because she was kind of old and like the kid was like a kid, like he was like 18 or something. And then um, I guess she was like the town shamed her, like everyone hated her. This might be, like, something that actually happened in my grandma's town because this sounds not like a myth. But anyway, um, but then she she poured gasoline on herself and lit herself on fire and walked down the street of the town to, like, show them, like, that she, I don't know, it was kind of, and she died, of course. But, but grandma said she remembers that from when she was little. And I was like, oh. But then that kind of, like, mixed into my head with La Llorona. So I don't know if, like, what's what. I need to look up La Llorona. <laughs> but, um, and then what other um, myths do we have? Um, gosh, grandma told all kinds. Grandma had like, uh, well, there was a lot of Native American aspect. Uh, my grandma's grandmother was an Azteca Indian, so she had. Um, my grandma would talk about like putting the the, you know, the animal fat in her hair, and the, and she wore like squ like um skirts like Native American women, like you know the squaw skirts and everything, and um and she she had all these weird things like if. If she was looking at a cute baby, she's like, oh, I don't want to look at, look at that baby too much because I'll make it sick. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, if you look at the baby too much, it, it gives it the evil eye and it'll and it'll make it too sick. And so don't look at cute things. And I was like, okay. You know, and then if I'd get sick, she would like crack an egg and do the stuff where she like rubs the egg on your stomach. Like in the, it, she, she rubs the egg on your stomach in the shell. You know, then she like takes the pain. She takes the sickness out. Then she like cracks the egg and like gets rid of the sickness. It's very strange. I don't know. Um, but there were a lot of like things like that, like little like Native American but like but I guess they wouldn't be Native Americans they would be Azteca like traditions that she would kind of bring in but anyway <laughs> but that sounds really fun I mean I it's it's fun to hear just kind of like okay well what did this person grow up with or this person you know did you have like that very vanilla oh I grew up with you know Disney and just like my the perfect fairy tale over here that you know who had the more like violent um myths growing up yeah. it's a really fun There's mix. Still, things that I see, like if she, if you see, if you saw a bird die, it meant like somebody close to you was gonna die. My grandma said that she was like sweeping the stairs, and um, a little bird like sputtered near her and fell into. And she said, "I put my hand out, and the bird just like fell right into my hand." And I was like, oh, "My grandma!" So she said she went like raced to her grandma's house, and her grandma was on her deathbed dying. It was very weird. My grandma had a lot of like psychic type stuff. So Ooh. even when her husband was cheating on her, her husband cheated on her all through my mom's childhood. And, and my grandma was like, I always knew where he was because I just, you know, I just know where he was. So she's like, I would be mowing the lawn or something. And I was like, oh, why is he at the, he's at the bowling alley. He doesn't even bowl. And then she's like, I'd get the kids in the car and we'd drive to the bowling alley. And there he was at the bowling alley. And I'm like, but then if I got liked psychic stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this, she's like, oh, it's on. That's a bunch of, 
that's not true. That's so silly. And I'm like, but you have it. How could you think that? It's like, yeah, but I don't like make money from it. And I'm like, yeah, but so you don't, but you don't think anybody else could have it. You could make money from it anyway. But yeah. Oh and my goodness. I had it too. The one that died, like my grandma's sister married very young. Like at, she was like 14 or something. She got married to this guy that was like a total jerk and beat her up and everything. But they didn't know that he beat her up. But but her grandma woke up one night and said, we have to go find Josephine. She, she's, she's got a baby and she's like badly beaten up and she's standing under this highway sign and we have to go find her. And so they got into the car, which my grandma said was like an old Model T and they were trying to drive it and the grandma was just going, okay, turn, turn right here. Okay, turn. And she like felt her way to like, and it was like, you know, an hour away or something. They were driving and she said her mom was like mom this is ridiculous we got to turn back i don't know when norwich goes like we're close we're close it's under a sign with like a a six and a and a two and like i mean she was like she gave her the numbers and everything and she said all of a sudden our headlights came up and there was there was a sign and there was and there was my sister standing under the sign with a baby beaten up and we just put her in the car and took her home oh my goodness oh, I know. oh my gosh um and the number and the numbers were on that sign the numbers that the, her grandma said so it's crazy yeah Anyway. I love different superstitions because I mean superstitions have to come from somewhere probably yeah. mythological I mean like anything yeah. um okay yeah so you know childhood stories one thing and then you know when you were in school did you get some kind of you know mythology or ancient history classes or was it just kind of roped into a general history class when you were in school well I because I was I went to theater schools like all my whole life since I was little um, I went to this thing called Fame when I was in fourth grade called Fine Arts Magnet Education. People were always like, "Oh, you were gifted." I was like, "I mean, I mean, they were like, oh, you were, um, oh yeah, give, it was like gifted and talented.'" And I was like, "I was not gifted. <laughs> I was just talented." <laughs> there was the dumb actors and then the science kids. <laughs> but anyway, um, but we studied um, Greek mythology, and so I knew all about. I knew all the Greek myths and all the you know Roman myths and everything, which all the same only just different names but um and then i remember seeing clash of the titans and going oh i totally know all this stuff <laughs> like i knew i knew who everybody was and i was just thinking the other day i was like clash of the titans was actually a good thing to show kids because you know it's good for kids to know about the myths and there's they're woven so much into our everyday life you know so. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. I, I went to college for five years to do what most people call, oh, you just went to listen to cool myths and stories, right? And I say, yeah, yeah sort of. <laughs> um, They're really but, cool. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, we, well, and, and I think, you know, people really know the Greek and Roman ones the most because they're just, they're, they're done the most. So uh, there are a lot of different cultures and mythologies that we probably really don't know that much about just because like who wants to talk about that when we can do this except you know so much of it's overdone these days um but okay so if you if you kind of knew a lot of these um would you say you know did any of them inspire you going forward thinking oh I would love to be able to play that role voice that role do something or were you kind of like oh well it's a good basis and just to generalize myself with good storytelling but I'm gonna do something different well, I've played like myth. I've played mythological things like in in video games and stuff. So I guess it was helpful to have a little bit of that background. I can't remember exactly what, but sometimes you know, it's it's so standard. It's almost like um, Joseph Campbell or something. You know how like he, how he affected Star Wars. You know, I mean, I just feel like it's all the same themes and stuff. That, you know, so it's good to familiarize with those things because you're gonna come into those like through your whole life there's gonna be and you'll go oh this is like you know i don't know it's just sort of sort of nice to have like a 
just a, like a little foundation. Um, and especially when you're going to be doing video games or animation and things like, you know, just to kind of know like, oh, this is that archetype. This is, you know, the heroine or the, you know, the, the you know, the Medusa or the, you know, it just, it all, it all come like even in, in Little Mermaid, like, you know, Medusa and then like um, um, Ursula and like, they're just like you know, very similar type things. Um, <clears throat> you know, like having to trade like forever being lost or in, for some like small sliver of satisfaction you know of, like looking at you know looking at her or looking you know didn't she didn't, yeah if she if you looked at her you turned into i don't know that it was a big pleasure to look at her i'm just saying like i don't know just, it's very similar themes so sorry I, that was that an answer i don't know i feel like yeah no i think it, I, <laughs> but the, they're are gonna be like oh it's one of those episodes of the regular people okay <laughs> this is good i mean because honestly the and and the truth is it, it's kind of been really sort of hard sometimes to admit it to myself as well um, in talking to like friends who don't come from this academic background, which is the reason it's so hard to relate is because like you see this very whatever versions you see on screens or in video games. And then there's like the very academic pursuits and there's no blending and there's no talking about how they're really interconnected and, and how they can influence each other. And so people really separate them. And so this is, no, this is really good. This is perfect. Cause I want people to start associating like when you see X, Y, or Z on your TV in the video game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want you to think, Oh, actually this is really relevant. And like, if I had the chance to go study more, I might want to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how you mentioned Clash of the Titans because that uh, was one of my favorites as well. Although oh. the newer quote unquote version, the 2010. Oh, I've, never, I've never seen the 2010. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. Cause I, it came out, what was it? Oh yeah. So it came out in 2010 and I was a sophomore in high school. And so I'd seen like the original from, what is it? 70. Oh, yeah, it was like 79 know. maybe. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. this is embarrassing. It was um, old when, no, no, it was old when I saw it. So I think I saw it like in the 80s. Okay. Um, yeah, but but I liked it a lot. And I loved that yeah. Harryhausen, like the little skeletons that were having the b battle, like, you know, and I, and yeah, now yeah, that yeah. I'm in animation, like Harryhausen, everybody always talks about that. So I remember how um, that was. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that was kind of a formative thing for me. I, Definitely sounds like you really enjoyed it. Um, and so just coming also from admiring things like that and then having gone into for your career, being able to sort of be able to voice um, certain characters, either mythological or even even if they share a name, um, sometimes you think back to like the mythological origin of them and does that kind of inform how you think you're going to approach somebody? And, and an example of this I would say is kind of like, I just find it funny that, you know, you get to voice Daphne in Scooby-Doo, which is like a fantastic thing. And I'm also like in the back of my head, Daphne, that's such a mythological character. Oh, I love the yeah. myth of Apollo and Daphne. I wonder sometimes, is she yeah. playing Daphne because like, you know, in any yeah. way, shape or form related to that Daphne or is it completely different and is just the name? Well, you know, I've been playing Daphne for like 22 years or something. And I remember there's a Greek restaurant called Daphne's in the Valley. And I actually, I missed that, I missed that myth. Like, I remember going, oh, Daphne, that's weird. And then I was like, my friend's like, yeah, you know, like the, the it's a Greek, you know, it's, a, and I was like, oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> kind of, I just never, I mean, I, is that the Aphrodite? Is, is she the Aphrodite counterpart or what is she, like, what? Um, so, I, I'm, I'm not super familiar. Yeah, yeah so Apollo and Daphne, it's, it's one of the, 
I don't know. For, God, for... Is, she, is she like the Athena or what? Is she like the Roman side? No, so she's a nymph. And so with the gods mostly like falling in love with humans, nymphs, whatever, you name it. Yeah, um, got yeah so he fall in love with. Um... So he really liked her. Well, he, okay, it started because he made fun of the god of love, Eros. He was like, ha ha ha, you shooting people with love arrows. That's so stupid. So mm. obviously Eros is like, okay, I'm going to get back at you. So he shoots Daphne with the rejection arrow where she will never love Apollo. And he shoots Apollo with an arrow of love where he falls madly in love with her and so he like chases her around she's always rejecting him until finally to like escape um she like goes and then she gets turned into a laurel tree and then because he's so taken with the beauty still of this tree that's why he takes on the laurel as one of his symbols because he essentially like breaks her body as a tree and like puts it on and so oh, I didn't know yeah. that. See, I'm learning here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the nymph made Zeus fall in love with. Was it Hera that made that made um, the guy who she dipped in the river sticks, or was there was like a there was like a per there was like a human that got yeah. Know, so that's uh, Achilles. Yes, yeah, the Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just, why. Just that's a, why afraid was, of uh, yeah. dying. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. She was pinching him on his heel when she dipped him into the river. Yeah, but his mom was Hera. No, no, he was the son of Peleus and uh, the nymph. Uh, oh, goodness, this is so embarrassing. Okay, no. it's 1.30 a.m. So if I can't remember her name, it's exactly <laughs> Thetis. Sorry. Oh, wow, that was embarrassing. Classic Cobbs. Yeah, so he was the, yeah, the son of a mortal father and a, and a divine mother. And, oh, uh, a divine mother and a mortal father. Okay, okay. But and so she was like, my son is... Like, uh, he needs to be protected, and I'm just scared, yeah. so I'm going to dip him in and, you know, hope that yeah. he's uh, impregnable and then, well, dies. The old heel, the old heel. But yeah, I mean, okay, so I know you've done so much in your long career, so I'm not going to be able to go through and, like, pick out individual ones. I am so <laughs> sorry. Um, but... I, even though you've done so much, are there any dream roles still that maybe have any basis in mythology that you would love to take on? I think I saw you were like tweeting about Elizabeth Taylor the other day, and I was like, yeah. mm, love to see Grey as Cleopatra. But. Oh my! God. I cut my hair once, like you know, just like maybe a couple, of, like a year ago or whatever, like that, you know. And I had my bangs, and my friends like, oh, my friend goes, oh, you look like Elizabeth Taylor, and then my other friend once said, well, she has been married a lot. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> anyway but <laughs> um oh gosh I yeah I love I love that oh, I love that I love that whole 60s style so I'm always wearing that's why I've got my fake eyelashes just because I was doing my TikToks my son made me do TikToks and they're fun like I I never was on them and he's like mom we should do it we've been doing so many things to entertain ourselves during quarantine so um, understandable yeah um I I do have always like the god of goddess of war I I love Athena like I just love her strength and you know um and wisdom and um I ha I I yeah I mean I I would have been wonderful to be in Hercules in the movie Hercules that Disney that would have been great yeah <laughs> is that a big part of your childhood it it was I am not even gonna lie I mean I just grew up with the Disney renaissance in the 90s yeah. being a 90s kid myself yes. so that was like super formative I I would have loved to hear your voice in it although the only thing I will say is 
it's so ingrained that it's so hard to imagine anyone else being like Meg or something just because you know Susan's voice is so iconic now so I'm like I'm sure you would have been amazing but I'm also like oh but that's like just long-term memory stored I'm like "Ah, who else she is my friend Susan we do like cons together and we've been to dinner together a bunch and she actually helped me get into comp into comedy clubs in LA because her husband um is like owns like the improv or something like he she yeah it was so funny I didn't even know who she was because she was talking about being Belle on Broadway and I was like oh okay so we were talking about Broadway and I was like oh but she so she must have done something else though like because she's here at this con and I thought well I guess she's done other cartoons. I don't know. And we're talking about video games and stuff. And she's like so non-braggy or whatever. But then later on I Googled her and I was like, holy sh... I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. We just had a steak dinner, the two of us. Like we ate there like two friends. And I mean, she she texts me and is like, how are you doing? I hope you're doing okay. Like, I mean, I, I can't wait to start doing cons again. She's just... And she's still in amazing shape and she's beautiful and blah, blah, blah. You know, but yeah. So she's my friend. And she's got... Her voice is just... Yeah. I, I'm still obsessed with it, even even all these years later. It has been a very long time since she did Hercules. But um, I know early in the pandemic, I think she and two other people from Broadway did like a parody of, of Hercules for um, like quarantining. Oh. And so I like watch that when I'm feeling bad about being stuck at home. And I'm like, oh, I will stay home all day, honey. Just sing to me like that. And I will stay home she and not leave my house. She started a thing called like princess like it was it was like a cabaret type thing that she was doing in new york she was telling mm-hmm. me about it at the time like she was like oh, i started this thing and it's called like princess party or something like that i don't remember exactly. but it's other people who've been princesses on broadway doing like a thing together and yeah yep no that's it because i'm like obsessed with everything broadway i'm such a broadway kid so yes no i follow them on youtube not even ashamed to say <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm, t- I'm, I'm Zoom dating this guy from New York who was on Broadway. He was like Henry Hill on Broadway on, in The Music Man. His name is Craig Bierko. He was in Guys and Dolls. And I don't know. Oh, 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 cute. okay. He's oh, so I think cute. I know. Yeah, I yeah. think I know. I'm, we met on hard. Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And then we started like, we started texting and everything. And then like, he's like, do you want to Zoom? And I was like, okay. So we Zoomed and we've been having like dinner we were supposed to actually do it tonight, but I was like, I can't because I have this podcast I have to do and I'm taking my son out before that. And he's like, you're really going to regret this. He, he's he's so funny. Um, so but Friday, Friday night, I'm going to order my food. And then I sit right here and we just talk on our thing. And, you know, but yeah, he, he sent me like songs done. He was singing and I'm like, I know you're just growing around, but you sound great. I mean, I can see the Broadway uh, thing happening there because, you know. That's the dream. Around, he's like, oh, you know, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, that's the dream. Oh, that's yeah. the dream. Um, I knew I was going to be all over the map with you. This is just like, I'm sorry, my ADD brain just like oh, takes me out sometimes. I have and then the I'm same like, oh. thing, so I get it. I totally understand. So, okay, I want to broach a little bit in the time we have left. Yes. So, hmm. These stories not only are all myths kind of, not only entertaining, but a lot of, especially the original ones, mm-hmm. are supposed to be like lessons for children. You know, they, like Aesop's fables, a lot of people know them as, oh, they're kind of life lessons, the kid, who, the boy who cried wolf, you shouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of those fables were also originally like Greek myths and Greek lessons that someone more contemporary was like, I'm just going to make it updated a little, use names that are easier. 
but still convey a message, like a really important one. Um, And so kind of with that, though, not only have they gotten to be more like lessons for people, especially kids, Mm-hmm. with the way modern storytelling uh, has been going and since you've been a part of that for years now and you're still in it um, and as you see it progressing you know is do you feel that a lot of these stories have become or maybe have always been inherently political as well as just sort of life lessons or do you think there can be such a thing as just like non-political or you know well, message driven just tonight, fun i was just thinking tonight i mean just about how do republicans watch movies and not go like oh wait we're the villains i mean because it's like i just don't understand it, it, it's so clear like just you know like even the line i was talking about the lion king and i was like this is what we did this we, we just went through this like people are starving like there, there's barren wasteland like and, and this guy is not a good leader and all these hyenas are like ha ah. and then of course you know then when when he's not with when he's not serving their needs anymore then they're like you know attacking him you know and i mean just like these republicans you know i just i don't know i was telling my friend like i was like god the lion king you know, and then also there was all this rain that happened when Biden finally won. Like we had like torrential rains here. And I was like, oh, my God, it is the Lion King. It's the Lion King. <laughs> and then I also was talking, like then on then also like all my friends, like any trans friends I have or like gay friends or, or people of color or whatever. They, they were like so happy that day. I mean, I was happy, too. But as a privileged white woman, I mean, I can only be so happy. <laughs> I feel like they were really, really like, ah! you know, and then I was thinking about like all the little poor unfortunate souls that got like let go at the end of, of, the, of the Little Mermaid. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, everybody's just like, oh, thank God we're back. We're back to ourselves. You know, they were like out in the street, like singing. There was all these like all these viral videos of people celebrating all over the world. But anyway, just like, yeah, sometimes I think, like, how do they watch? I mean, because, yeah, it, it, you can't help it. At, these days, it's not even politics. It's just, like, decency, and it's just, like, right and wrong. And we've all been raised with right and wrong, you know, these stories that show you, like, these, this is not so good, and this is good, and good triumphs over evil. And I just don't know how you could look at Donald Trump and think, like, that's the good guy. You know, I just, how? He calls people names, and he's mean to people with disabilities and, and different color. I, I just, I... <laughs> Anyway, I just don't know how. I, I've tried. Like, I'm like, let me see how it is that they can see. Because I know this. Some people, I'm like, they're not dumb. Like, the, how can they? I don't know. I was also, I'm, my friend's good at wants to watch A Wonderful Life when, the, you know, he's like, well, I just never seen one, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, we should, like, watch it in tandem. Like, put the movie on and we can watch it. And I was like, oh, you haven't seen that? And then I was like, how do Republicans watch that movie? Because it's like a holiday classic. And how do you not know that you voted for Mr. Potter? Like, how do you, it's so clear. Anyway, I was, I was thinking of that earlier. Not yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's completely relevant. And I think, well, you know, I, you've done so many, I mean, I know you you tend to steer toward a lot of cartoons, which, yay, because um, great for kids uh, like me growing up. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm sure there have been a couple, but I can't think of any that have been like, oh, yeah, great took on like a really political role or like something that was really heavy. But I will say the one that I think a lot of my listeners are very excited uh, about is uh, Azula, um, since she, to me, seems like kind of the most openly, aggressively political of all of them, right? I yes, mean, yeah. you know, she'd be a better president than Trump, too, I have to say. At least she's really. Smart. Well, at least she's oh, she smart. is. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. <laughs> 
I don't think she would have gotten the Fire Nation into all kinds of trouble all over the world. I think that maybe they'd be more, they might be more feared and respected, not just completely become a joke. Even though, I mean, we know she's a psychopath. <laughs> but, I mean, that aside, I think she might have, I don't know. I don't think she, I think she would have made smart political decisions and not, I mean, she probably would have hurt a lot of people too, though. But, uh, yeah, that's terrible. Well, I mean, as Trump the person. Trump hurt a lot of people too and lost our respect all over the world, so. Yeah, I mean, and as the person who brought her to life um you know i just want to you know get your take on it do you feel that she was driven mostly by the political ends of her kingdom her father the fact that her father was like this raging authoritarian like there's a i don't really want to call him a fascist because he wasn't like you all have to be purely fire nation but he was still like imperialistic mm -hmm. and we see over the course of the whole series of Avatar, like, yeah, she very much wanted to, like, help her father, get her father's love, especially mm -hmm. since, you know, her mother's absence and calling her a psychopath really My made My own mother thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but it still hurt. <laughs> I think right. her, her whole thing is just, like, mommy issues and, like... Also, like, just, I know, like, you know, my grandmother w was an immigrant, and it was just, like, hard to impress her. I just feel like I always I had to impress her all the time, and I just feel like I wasn't, I mean, even though I know I was good enough, and I know that to, like, other people she bragged and everything, and she did, like, praise me a lot, but sometimes I would think, like, I have to do extra to make her happy. Like, you know, I have to be better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, like, um... And also almost live up to what she thought of me, too. But I, I think that for Azula, she just it was all about, like, I think it was that she's got a huge competitive thing. And because her parents pitted her against her brother, like, you know, I, I just it's just so unhealthy. I really, with my own children, I never say, like, see, your brother's doing this. Why can't you do that? You know, I mean, I just never, I just feel like that's so unhealthy. It just, like, causes the kids to not get along. I always say, like, you guys have each other in this world. That's who you have. Like, you know, you, your siblings are very important. They're always going to have your back. You know, you have to, you know, just, you only get one, you know, that you're only going to have these two brothers, you know, or whatever. And, and you guys have the same experience. And I try to bond them rather than, like, make them hate each other. And I feel like so many parents are like, why can't you do like this like your brother? Why can't you? Look at he's doing it. Why? You know, just I try not to do that. Um, yeah, I feel like she just was trying to, she just wanted to just impress her parents or like get love. I think she just was such a lonely, lonely person. Even with her friends, she couldn't even like just have friends. She didn't trust it. Like trust is for fools. Fear is the only reliable way. It's like, oh, that's so sad. Like, why can't you just trust people to, to be your, like in your life? Or, like, like, yeah, no, I threatening Chan, like, you know, like because she couldn't flirt with him. She was just like, you know, like all I know is to conquer things. You know, I can't just, yeah uh what an iconic scene her trying to flirt you know i do you know it's moments like that where i'm still like you're still a person i still actually genuinely feel bad for you i know um, yeah like, i yeah she was yeah I, I, that's the best that's the best villain is when you feel like oh you've got problems you know you're in there where they're not just like completely like you know just i don't know i i, I, I like i like when people play villains that you can kind of feel bad for too because yeah, and I think, you know, mythology is, like, chocked full of those, too, in ways that I think people don't really kind of want to recognize. I mean, I think just just today I was kind of reading up on Norse mythology just because I'm doing stuff, and I, I kind of write creative write on the side, and so I've been working on since high school on and off just kind of this creative story uh, with a lot of old Norse mythology in it. And so I was kind of thinking about the villains, and honestly, there's a character who's kind of like an Azula, um, but I wanted to make 
this person like relatable in a way where you feel bad because actually they've got their own stuff and how do I make it a lesson so um yeah it's it's really interesting when I see things like that and I'm like you know I I actually understand that now because it's not so black and white anymore Um, when you play a villain it's important to play them like believe in what they want like because they're not trying to I mean in their eyes they're not bad you know so you have to get inside and just think like well I'm not I'm not gonna play this like I'm a bad person doing bad things it's like no I want to do this because that's what my motivation is you know I you know I need this or that or I want you know I want the love of this person and I really need to do this for my own happiness you know you can't be like I'm just gonna go be villainy and and hurt people you know that's like a very and ends up being very like one-dimensional like villain portrayal yeah and I think one thing that I really loved about the show honestly was not only was it did it just have good writing? But the fact that there was such care in uh, creating this world and these characters, also putting them in a culture that it really was kind of starved for representation, especially for the, the years that it came out. I think it came out in, what, 2004, oh, yeah. 2005? Mm-hmm. Um, and most people, you know, you're not going to spend too much on making shows that show a lot of Asian and, like, Inuit cultures. And so I think putting, like, relatable issues in people... in that world, in that culture, uh, it did wonders uh, for representation for young people who might look at that and be like, oh, look, okay, there's something for us too. Um, And really that show hit me in so many different ways, especially because of the fact that these are cultures and people that I don't think would have really had any attention paid had it not been for film for media mm-hmm. you know who's going to tell these stories i mean of course there's the myths you can look them up you can read about these cultures you can study them in school mm-hmm. but if there's not that interest if there's nothing to draw you in i just don't see how you kind of grow that so i think it's kind of great that you know you were a part of something that not only you brought fun to because people may know a different character or just it's a good show um, but then to also be able to be like hey Look what we're doing. We're, you know, bringing this to the forefront. Do you want to know more about maybe why Azula acted the way she did? Was she maybe constrained by, like, some of the cultural aspects of being in this highly patriarchal Asian society that, like, Mm -hmm. we didn't know about? So I think it's kind of great in that regard where you can take that and be like, oh, of course Azula obviously had problems with her parents and being pitted against Zuko, which is not good. But then when you look at, like, the culture she's coming from, then you're like, oh, well, that could actually make a lot of sense. Um, and it inspired me to learn more about, you know, Inuit and Asian, Asian cultures just because I didn't yeah. really know that much. Um, yeah. And so I was really thankful for things like that kind of media being able to, you know, shed light on stories and cultures that wouldn't otherwise get the airtime. Um, yeah. I also think, like, if she was a male character, would she be as... I mean, she was pretty evil, and she did do... Like, but a lot of... If she was a male character, people probably would have been like, see, she's so good and strategic and cutthroat and everything. She wouldn't just be like... <laughs> just be like women... Like, women just get the short end of the stick with that kind of stuff, you know? She she was pretty sadistic, though. <laughs> yes. But it's sad that I have to even ask that question. Like, well, if she were a man, I mean, like, would she be regarded the same way? Like, I just, I yeah. hate that I actually have to ask that, ask that question. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I, um, I, I don't want to monopolize too much of your time, but uh, at the kind of end of each episode, I have every guest read a certain poem that is okay. my favorite of all time. That is amazing. Okay. 
Um, so it is called Ozymandias oh, by I Percy Shelley. I know yes. that one. Yes. And so I was just wondering, just as a treat for all of us, and since we were talking about it. I should look it up. Yes. I, I know. Would you It starts agree... out like in, in, yeah, like in, oh gosh, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but I know it's a big giant man, the big giant statue that crumbles, right? Yes, yes. Very, very famous. Yes. Uh, it's probably Shelley's most famous sonnet. Um, okay. So if you would maybe consent to read this as Azula, because yeah. I just feel like Azula reading a poem about power would be like the coolest thing ever okay i got it millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. <laughs> cold reading, cold reading. That, that I haven't read that since I was probably college. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, that's brilliant. That is uh, that is the content I am here for. Um, it's so, it's so apropos, it's so prescient for right now. <laughs> we're going through right now yeah so after having read it yes i just please if you have thoughts on this poem please share yes please um so oh i yeah, thought you I don't know. your audience you were talking to me you were, talk- I thought you were talking to like your listeners i was like yes, oh share no, no i, I, just- I hope they have things to say about it <laughs> all that but- got me through this this 
I'm just like, I cannot wait till November 21st. I just want to see him dragged out and I want to see his like crumbled statue. Yeah. <laughs> I just like want, I want his hair a mess, like no dye on it. And just, oh God, I just, I was like, like, can we have the Central Park Five drag him out, please? Like who, who do we get? Like, let, let's get, who deserves to drag him out the most? Anyway, I just, it's just delicious. I hate, I just get all, <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. No, I, I, so I read the poem in college and I, I'm sure I read it before then, but I guess maybe I didn't sort of pay attention to it or I don't even know. All I know is it's become my favorite because every time I read that and every time I have people read it, I love the different reactions. I love people being like, oh, I think it means this, or I think it means that. And the closest way that I would describe it kind of uh, personally, is mm-hmm. it's like a memento mori for all of humans. Um, and so basically that's, you know, a reminder that uh, we will die. <laughs> yes, so nothing is permanent. Is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and that obviously- when you rule too, uh, too if, you, if you think you're too, if you put yourself on too much of a pedestal, you will crumble. Yeah. So, because I was going to say, you know, other than like the obvious uh, example, you know, are there any others you can think of, though, that that kind of really fit the poem, the message, or, you know, who would benefit other than the obvious, you know, from this? Because there's so many different people out there who sometimes I think, you know, you should read this. I feel like I was, it's funny. I mean, I was thinking about Dolly Parton, who I love so much. And if you know anything about me, I do country music. I play the auto harp. I love mountain music. You know, that's like my thing. She and I used to be on the same label on Sugar Hill Records. I I actually signed with them because she was on that label a long time ago, 15 years ago, whatever. But um, she, you know, she gave all that money to the, for the, the Moderna uh, vaccine. She gave a million dollars to, to help with the vaccine. And I was just thinking, I mean, I know it's a ton of money, and I don't know anybody else who's given that much money to a vaccine type thing. But I, I know a lot of celebrities give money and everything. And But I just think, it, it, yeah, maybe you could have bought, like, another mansion or whatever. But you all, you're really making your mark on a world, and people will keep your name preserved because you were good. You know, people, good goodness, people keep preserved forever. Like, you know, um, like Jonas Salk. Like, I, it was so funny. Jonas Salk's great-grandson lived with me during the pandemic. He he rented the back room for me. And I was like, wait, Salk, is that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that was my great-grandfather. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, and I was like, that's amazing. He'll always be lifted up as someone who didn't sell his thing. He gave it away for free. And I just think he, he did something wonderful for humanity. And I just feel like that gets rewarded because people want to preserve your memory. But if you're like a bad person who just like who lords over people is like you're gonna respect me it's like almost like a dad who's like i'm gonna get respect it's like no you're not you're not you, you may get me to like i mean you may not know how much i hate you until i move but you're not gonna get my but but someone who's a good leader who's like good to people and people want to to lift up and then people just really delight in your demise when you are a heavy hand like probably Ozymandias was so um i don't know i was just thinking about dolly parton and how she'll probably live on past any person like trump or whatever because you know she people want to keep her memory alive she didn't you know she got him with kindness yeah i mean i think it really speaks to the collaborative spirit for sure i mean she's helping people out here she's you know trying to just make the biggest impact to help the most people and a lot of times when you think of just ozymandias you could think of you know like a a, an abandoned casino in atlantic city that just (laughs) run down and you're like wow we thought that was gonna like there's a little you know be there next to it that owes a bunch of money to the government and then there's like some stakes rotting on the beach anyway 
<laughs> so I mean, you just you can think of like stuff like that. Um, the the one I sometimes think about, um, not in this country, is uh, Boris Johnson was a classics major actually, and so sometimes I see some of the decisions he makes, uh, and then I kind of you know kind of um, nudge uh, my my friends in the UK, and I'm like. So, uh, how's it going over there? Uh, this man's supposed to be like really smart, right? Like helping you all out. I mean, he's a classics major. Yeah. What's going on there? But Is now he... I don't know what's going to happen with Brexit now, though, because now that Trump's not in, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I hope. I think they're pretty set, unfortunately, which is just devastating. But people were talking about like, you know, California seceding. I was like, that's all Russia. Russia wants that. Russia wants us to break up. Don't you understand? That's what Brexit was. Russia wants everybody to be less powerful. They want and, and people just anyway, I was like, go to that website about California seceding. And I bet you can trace it back to some person in Belarus or something. I mean, it's like that's not um, those are not like grassroots things. Anyway, but find someone holed up in like an apartment in like Crimea <laughs> or something, being like, what do you do? The "Overlord told me that like California needs a seat." Anyway, um, maskless riot or whatever, not riot, maskless. What do they call those? Um, I don't know. They're having like a lot of them around here, like standing up for worshiping on Sunday. It's like churches are open. What are you protesting? Go! You're just oh, there's oh, anyway, these darn rich people in Huntington Beach. <laughs> oh, got a, I got think a lot it of... found, I think it started out. It starts out with Russia, where they're like, "Let's have a maskless, you know, event, you know, because we need it for our rights." But really, and then just a bunch of dumb local people go, "Yeah, we're gonna do it," you know. And it's just, anyway, they don't know. That I, I saw a pigeon the other day, and I actually asked my friend. I was like, "Do we think we can train it to be a messenger pigeon so I can write a copy of this poem, put it on the <laughs> pigeon, and like send it to Putin or something? Because that would be really fun for me." Oh um, but that's yeah, what, that's yeah. That's not one of my best ideas. Gonna do. So, Susan, that's how Susan Collins is getting her message out. She's she's oh. very disappointed, and so she's going to make a little message on a pigeon and hope it gets where it needs to go. <laughs> I. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no. So I definitely wanted to thank you that I and I, and I'm so happy that I could steal some of your time, which I'm sure I you are very busy. You. I've adored you from the minute that we first. <laughs> talked and i just like feel like a connection so anyway hey, well um, it's so fun because you know during a pandemic i was just one of the reasons i was so depressed at the beginning of it was because i was like you know i i love people i'm in politics because i want to meet people i love networking yeah. and for me it was really hard just knowing i couldn't go out in my everyday life and make new friends and stuff so i it's been a really fun experience especially with the podcast coming in solid making me new friends so that way i can be like I made a new friend and they're not imaginary. You're <laughs> Let in a me know when it airs and when you need me to like publicize it, I'll tweet about it and all that stuff. Please do. Run for something someday. I will go to your rallies and tell people that I knew you when and that you're, you're on the right side of history. Yes, that would be great because I don't want to commit to any public office aspirations. <laughs> you know, that's uh, <clears throat> like the big no-go in politics, but uh, I will, I'll, I will keep I'll buy that you a in cute mind. white cape, like AOCs and just like, you know, we'll go to, <laughs> we'll go to Zara and just like clean. Yes. Place <laughs> yes. Please. Uh, gotta get me a lot of reds, you know, like I'm not oh, trying yes. to be Azula, but like I got the black hair. Yeah, reds just so look good cute. with my skin tone. So good, I just, good. I need some reds. Lucky. Lucky. 
but uh, yeah, so it's been amazing to just be able to make a new friend and be able to talk and have fun during all this age of uncertainty. And um, but it's the holidays, so we should all be happy and not yes. depressed. I decorated so. tonight. I finally decorated. I put my tree up. I know it's early, but I'm like, I need it. We need Christmas early. We just need some kind of something. That's fine. My cousins put their tree up like two weeks ago. Yeah, I, um, I put up my lights like two weeks ago because I was like, we need something to like just yeah. I don't know. But, Look, um, my my family's like Jewish, but I'm still all in the like I want Christmas lights and I will play Christmas music <laughs> starting on like November first. Percent of my Jewish friends are just like we have a Hanukkah bush. I'm like okay, <laughs> I, I like I, you know I would I would have a menorah. I love candles. It's fine. Anything that's extra fun just makes it better. At some point, I got to tell you about this really fun menorah that I found at the store uh-huh. the other day because it's, it's like so a Christmas cute. tree shaped menorah. No, it's a dachshund-shaped menorah. I do know that I'm like a dachshund nut. Like I have, I have. Well, I have. I used to have two, and then one died, and then I got my. But I got my brother one. That was the. That was the dog we went and got in crazy Trump land. Um, but yeah, he's so his name is Iggy Pup. He's on Instagram. Iggy Pup is Iggy okay. Pup the doxy. Okay, so everyone listening, you have to go follow, follow Gray, and you have yes. to follow her dog. Um, yes, Iggy, it's my brother's dog. Actually, he's super. Cute. Oh, my brother's okay. super cute though. Iggy Pup the Doxy, yeah. Okay, yeah. so everyone go follow that. Me, so. I'm not oh. trying to be gross. My brother's young. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? It's Even though my 40-year-old friends are like, oh, how's your brother? I'm like, ew, get away. Anyway. <laughs> well, if you're listening, yes, follow Gray. She's amazing and wonderful. Uh, um, and watch out for her work. She's been in so much. She's voiced 80% of my childhood, if not 90% of my childhood. So... Uh, um, if there's a cartoon to be found, she's probably in it. So uh, keep a lookout. Um, Thank you, Lexi. This was so yes, fun. It was so fun. Trireme Transit is now departing Ancient Odyssey. Next stop is Present Ponderings. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half-sunk a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command. Tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them, and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.